G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. The intro will be coming up in just a second. This is a throwback podcast to an Ask Me Anything segment that we did back in August. So a little bit of a throwback to two months ago or so, but it obviously was just before the NRL finals kicked off. Supercoach was in full swing. So it is good in hindsight to have a listen to this and see how it all played out, the questions you guys were asking me and whatnot. So there is two different questionnaires that are paired together here. So about 20 minutes in, it'll sound like the podcast is ending, then the next one will kick off. We're going to have a few more throwback episodes uh, throughout the off-season and whatnot to uh, fill a bit of time for you guys. I'll try and pick the more interesting things that normally go for a little bit longer as well for you guys to consume. I'm going to hand it over to myself now to take you through the Ask Me Anything podcast from late August. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. We put up on our Instagram story the other day a couple of Ask Me Anything questions. I've just plucked out four random ones uh, to go through here. Four questions here. Uh, the first two questions actually come from uh, Oh Boy LeBrandon. says, could Ivan Cleary win a comp with another team? All lucky has had the pen of system. Uh, another question from him. Best hooker in the game right now, excluding Harry Grant. Very good question. Uh, Rowan Leonard says, would you ever design a Guru jersey like Beak does? for bloke I reckon you'd nail it and then our last one from Jordan Wensley why super coach over fantasy four pretty broad questions to kick us off we'll do more of these throughout the week I've got all the questions saved so we'll do a few more of these but I thought I'd just sneak this one in today so the first question from Brandon, could Ivan Cleary win a comp with another team or lucky has had the Panther system I, I, I will just remind you that yes He's in the Panther system, but that Panther system wasn't what it was then when he came in. Yeah, please keep that in mind because if you have a look at his first time, his, when he was first coaching the Panthers, all these guys that are superstars now, they weren't then. They weren't then by any means. I might just get you up. Ivan Cleary's um, his first game as Penrith's coach when, since he came back because I think a lot of people think that Ivan sort of stumbled on this system and it was already built and he's come in and done these things. But I think you need to remember. Like, he has come in and he has built these guys up. He has built them up, and I, I just don't think he gets enough credit for it at times. I really don't. And I think people want to – we're always looking for reasons why we can dismiss um, guys' achievements and whatnot, but, geez, I, I personally think – um, that he is very, very slept on for what he's done. So you have a look. He came back to the Penrith Panthers in 2019, yeah? So his first game in 2019. Uh, he had Dylan Edwards at fullback, who was pretty early in his career, Dylan Edwards. He played two or three years, but by that point, he played 21st grade games. So Dylan Edwards was not an established star. Josh Mansour, who he's since moved on. Dean Vade, who he has since moved on. Wonga Blake, who he has since moved on. DWZ, who he has since moved on. His captain was James Maloney, who he's lost. So you have a look. One to six. He's only got one of those players remaining. It's Dylan Edwards. So he has brought an entire new crop through. And yes, they're all very talented players, but you've got to give some credit to the coach. We've seen a lot of very talented players and juniors come into shit systems and, and, and go to crap. The Penrith Panthers haven't. He had Nathan Cleary at halfback, who, yes, is a star. There is no doubt about that whatsoever. But you also need to keep in mind that at that point, Nathan played 
40, 45 first grade games and wasn't the player that he is today. So he has been molded into be that guy and he's become the experienced head in the halves there and in the game at a ridiculously young age. So as far as the back line goes, I don't think you could possibly argue that he just walked in and stumbled on a really good side and they've been successful. Um, let's go through the forward pack. James Tamo was in the front row. He has since left. Wade Egan was the nine. He has since left. Moses Liotta was in the front row. A very young Moses Liotta. He's obviously still stayed. Their edges were Harm Sele, who went to the Dragons, is now at the South Sydney Rabbitohs, and Isaiah Yo. So he wasn't even a 13. You, I think you've also got to give full credit to Ivan Cleary that he turned Isaiah Yo not only into a 13, but one of, if not the best 13 in rugby league. His 13 was James Fisher-Harris. Once again, a very young James Fisher-Harris who was playing 13. He debuted in 2016. So by the time Ivan arrived, he'd played 40 first-grade games. Uh, but he definitely wasn't the guy that he is now. You have a look at his bench that day. Regan Campbell-Gillard, he's gone. Jack Hetherington, he's gone. Fumi Moano, he's gone. Jerome Luai was coming off the bench that day. Jerome Luai has now been to three grand finals, won two comps, taken Samoa to a grand final. I mean... I understand that people don't might not like this Penrith Panthers team, might not like the way they do things and whatnot, but you've got to respect what they've achieved and you've especially got to respect what Ivan Cleary has done. I And I mean, yes, you know, good, could he do it somewhere else other than um, the Penrith Panthers? I personally think he could. I mean, he went to the Warriors. He took them all the way to a grand final, keep in mind, the Warriors. Uh, that was their first grand final since 2002. They haven't made the finals since then. Not a grand final. They haven't made the finals since then. That might be saying something. Um, he was at the West Tigers for two years. I think in 2018, I'm pretty sure they finished like ninth, didn't they? So that's also the closest the West Tigers have got to finals footy. I mean, you can dislike Ivan all you want. You can talk all your shit and everything, but don't sit there and pretend like he's not a good coach. Don't sit there and pretend like he doesn't know what he's doing. So do I think he could go and be successful somewhere else? Yeah, I personally think he could. I think he's a very, very good coach. Uh, I And I think he is very, very slept on. And if he does win his third premiership in a row this year, unfortunately, there's a lot of you out there that are going to have to swallow a lot of pride and stop just dismissing what he does pretty consistently. Um, uh, yeah, I think Ivan could go elsewhere and be very, very successful. I think there's this idea in a lot of people's mind, which is the easy escape. Oh, he just had a good team and everything, but like he didn't. He built a very good team out of nowhere. The entire back line is gone. None of them are at the club anymore. Most of the forward pack is gone from when he arrived, and he didn't arrive 10 years ago. He arrived five years ago. Look at the turnover he's made. And then think about the guys that weren't in that team, have come into the team since then, and have since left the Penrith Panthers because they were too successful there that they couldn't hold on to them. Whether it be Matt Burton, Kickout, Stephen Crichton. I mean, the list goes on. Appy, the list goes on and on and on and on. And it will continue to get longer. Look at what he's done now with Scotty Sorensen, Isaac Tungo, even a Zach Hosking. I mean, Brian Toto's come into the piece since then. I, I just, you know, and you've got to remember as well, for the 10 years before that, if you wanted to win a comp, if you didn't have Billy, Cam, or Cooper, who was the guy you needed to be successful? It was James Maloney. He lost James Maloney and got more successful. I mean, I, I, I just I don't understand how people can write off Ivan Cleary as not one of the best coaches in our game. He is a tremendous coach. And yes, I do think he could go elsewhere and be very, very successful. I think it's one of the great bedshits by the West Tigers, to be completely honest with you. 
Uh, I don't know how they didn't. And I understand, obviously, the Panthers had the pull of having Nate there. But, fuck, if the, if the West Tigers would have made it work, could be a very, very, very different-looking West Tigers side right now. Uh, next one from Brandon. Best hooker in the game right now, excluding Harry Grant. I do think Harry Grant is the best nine in the comp. The next best nine, uh, I think Damian Cook would have to be up there. I think that Appy would have to be up there despite playing in a team not going overly well. He would have to be up there. Um, it's probably those two for me. Uh, Reese Robson, obviously having a very good season. Blake Braley's looking good at the moment. So is Wade Egan, to be fair. Uh, but for me, if Harry Grant isn't the best hooker, or if Harry Grant is the best hooker, the next best for me, it is still Benny Hunt. I've been saying this for years. He has since come in and played Origin and done very well. Um, I think it's very, very evident that Ben Hunt is a better hooker than he is halfback, but the Dragons just need him as a halfback, and I think that if he was to go sign with another club for next season and was to play hooker, I think you would see just how good Benny Hunt is on a week-to-week level. You see it in Origin. If you saw it in first grade, where it's a little bit slower, a little bit easier for Benny Hunt, uh, he would absolutely kill it there. So for me, Harry Grant is the best nine in rugby league, but the next best is Ben Hunt. But I will say this, as much as I love Harry Grant, you all know I've been a huge fan of him since he was fucking 19 years old or whatever, playing up in Queensland. Uh, I do think that on his day, Ben Hunt can be the best hooker in rugby league. And potentially when you're on the big stages under all the pressure, maybe Ben Hunt is the pick cause just because he is a little bit more mature and he's seen a little bit more footy. So Benny Hunt, for me, the next hook, best hooker after Harry Grant, which is wild because he's not even playing hooker and most people wouldn't even call him a hooker. But I genuinely think he's that good in that position. I think it's where he's best suited. Great questions there from Brandon. Our next one, Rowan Leonard. Would you ever design a guru jersey like Beak does for bloke? I reckon you'd nail it. Yeah, it'd be really cool. It'd be exciting. I think, though, that that, uh, that jersey sort of market, I think Kempy's really nailed that. I think he's done a tremendous job. And I do sort of feel like that's uh, that's Kempy's sort of thing. I, I, I think people... Like, I see when Kempe sells those jumpers. Uh, people complain about the price and whatnot, but fuck, if you, if you had any idea how it works behind the scenes and just how expensive they are to make, uh, you'd understand how much of a good deal you're getting there off Kempe. I can guarantee you that. It takes a lot of work to get those jerseys done. It takes a lot of work to get them right. Uh, in the studio, we've got a stack of those tester jumpers that would have cost Kempe an absolute fortune to get made as well. Uh, there's a lot of work that goes into those, and I'm probably not at a point right now where I would move enough of them uh, to bother doing them. But I also don't think the Jersey Avenue will probably be mine. I think Kempe really owns that and does a really good job of it. Uh, so I don't think it would make much sense for me to come in and try and have a crack at that, you know. Maybe we could have like a Guru bloke jersey in the future. I'm I'm not too sure. I think we are going to do our first like merchandise collab uh, at some point next year. That's going to be a bit of fun. But yeah, jerseys, I think Kempe does such a good job that I probably wouldn't bother. I, I don't think I, I could really compete with what Kempe's doing and the quality that he produces there because those bloke jerseys they are unbelievable there's going to be a new one every year around magic round uh and i can't wait to see what design he comes out with next year because i've seen some of the testers and whatnot and i've seen some of the ones that didn't make the cut for this year and i think can be chose the right one for this year but i think god there's some other ones there that are absolute crackers real retro vintage sort of vibes that are going to be hectic so great idea guru jerseys but uh probably not where i'm at right now maybe in the future i won't rule it out 
Uh, but probably unlikely at the moment. Um, I'm more than happy just to rock the bloke jerseys because they are second to none. Um, and last question comes from Jordan Wensley. A question I've answered a number of times before. Uh, why Supercoach over Fantasy? And I, I know there's a very a number of very, very, very a lot of very keen fantasy players out there that, that listen to my podcast and prefer Fantasy over Supercoach. I'm obviously Supercoach over Fantasy, and um, I see a lot of content creators trying to create this, you know, you're either one or you're the other. And I just, I don't know. Like, I, I am super coach. I don't play fantasy, but I don't have a problem with fantasy. It's done a little bit differently. I personally think when it comes to those things, especially if you're into draft comps like I am, you just, you end up playing what your mates play, you know? And I thought it was really interesting down here in Sydney. I don't really know anyone that plays fantasy, to be completely honest with you. The vast majority of my mates or just about all my mates play super coach. And I think that that's sort of how, how things work. If all your mates are doing it, you'll tend to follow. Uh, but you know, I was interesting when we went up to Queensland for the country tours. Um, yeah, I think we were, where were we? We were in um, Rockhampton in uh, Rocky and a lot of people coming up to us talking about beers and break evens and then they'd show us their team and it'd it'd be fantasy so they're just they're obviously tuning into our content for beers and break evens for Supercoach but they play fantasy because that's what they all play up there there wasn't there wasn't all that many um, Supercoach players that were in Rockhampton but this the vast majority of them were fantasy players which I thought was really interesting because it's a complete flip. Uh, down here in New South Wales, obviously. I've spoken to Timmy Williams about this on a number of occasions, and we'd actually, we would eventually love to see the two combine. I think it would just make so much sense for the Telegraph and the NRL to go, hey, we've got this huge market. Let's push it together. Let's go from 150,000 people each to 300K, grow it as an entire game at a double hour audience. We would double down on content. However, they did it, however, they merged it. Me and Timmy would go all in on it, uh, and we'd really try and dominate that space. I feel like we're doing a really good job. Job at the moment, I feel like we've got uh, a pretty good market share of that space at the moment. Even I compare it to, you know, the content that Supercoach uh, itself puts out, NRL Fantasy puts out, and I do genuinely think uh, that what me and Timmy produce is is better than that content. I think you can tell that me and Timmy are two very passionate um, super coach players who know our stuff, but we, we, we also get really into it. And I just, sometimes I just don't feel that sort of passion from, um, you know, some of the super coach and NRL fantasy content. So hopefully it can keep on growing. As I said, I would love to see fantasy and super coach merge, meet halfway on how they do their points and whatnot. I'm obviously biased, but I would prefer if they took the super coach points route. I just think it is a little bit more exciting. I think it rewards attacking football a little bit more. Whereas I think NRL fantasy, and, and to be honest with you, I think I'd actually be better at NRL fantasy than what I am at super coach because I. I build my Supercoach teams in a very NRL fantasy sort of way. I go for base stack guys. I build a solid base. Um, I, I build a score where, you know, I might I might only score 850, but I'll score 850 just about every single week, and you're going to have to go big to beat me. That's sort of how I play my draft comp. So it probably is more suited to the way that NRL fantasy is played. I'm not oh, – like, I, I do have high ceilings in my team, but I build all my teams – from a good base. That's why I've got guys like Dylan Walker, Lemuelu, these guys that, you know, they're, they're not superstars, but they're available in the CTWs and they're going to get me, thir- you know, 40 points every week on a quiet week, which is sort of how I build my teams, trying not to have any low scores. So I do think I would probably fit with the way that fantasy is played from my understanding of it. Uh, there are a couple of things about fantasy that I, I don't love, like the points for kicking and whatnot, just how far you kick. Uh, but, you know, you can make that argument with, 
um, super coach as well that there are certain things that are probably over pointed instead of saying overpriced think you say like you, you you get over rewarded for it uh, but look guys I really don't have an issue with either of them I think both are fantastic both are fun and whatever your mates are into whatever you're into good on you but I do really hope that they merge eventually I think that'll be the smart play and I think uh, then all of a sudden fantasy sports or fantasy rugby league in Australia, I think it could really take off. And I think me and Timmy would be sitting in a really, really good spot to have a good lash at that Two personalities that people send, seem to enjoy our content. Um, and we obviously know our content very, very well. So hopefully a rank can back this up, can come back that up this year. That'd be nice. But I think we are heading in the right direction now. Bees and break evens will be returning Wednesday, 3 p.m. Guys, make sure you are there. I think Timmy Williams beat me this week by about 18 points, which I think waiting for updates, I think that puts him in front by five points. So it's going to be a wild little finish to the end of the season. Three rounds to go, only five super coach points separate me and Timmy over the entire year, which is fucking batshit crazy. Very, very similar to last year. I think 11 points ended up separating us. So very, very interesting times. We'll see you on Wednesday, 3 p.m. for beers and break evens. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Thought I'd jump on and answer some of your questions that were sent in on the Instagram story yesterday and afternoon. These could be just completely random ones. Ask me anything. Let's get stuck into it. The first one comes from Wayne Perini. He says, what's the off-season look like for the Guru? Uh, mate, we have got a pretty big off-season coming up. Uh, we've obviously got... Uh, the uh, some of the internationals that are going to be on, which is going to be really exciting. Really looking forward uh, to those. So there will be plenty of content around those international games, which is going to be sensational. I think Tonga uh, is going over to England to play a couple of games over there. So we'll be covering all, all of those. And then, of course, uh, you know, Kangaroos, New Zealand, Samoa, and I think it's PNG. I actually haven't a good, had, a, had a good look at the schedule yet, but I'm pretty sure it's those teams as well competing here. So there'll be plenty of content, mate. Obviously, uh, December's probably a little bit of a lull for us, realistically, and we sort of take a bit of time to regroup and just uh, have a little bit of time away from the podcast during that period because it is a pretty hectic schedule. Uh, during the year, we'll still have Bloke in a Bar going every Monday. And uh, yeah, th- this off season is going to be a pretty big one for me personally. I'll be hoping and looking um, to sort of have my own studio and my own space ready for kickoff next year, just depending on a few things and opportunities and whatnot. Uh, but I am very hopeful of that occurring. And then, of course, when we get to January, we're really heavily into uh, could be anything season. So very, very exciting having a look at all the young guys. The trials is a very good period here on the Guru Podcast sort of get a bit of an insight to all the guys coming through. And, of course, during that period, sort of Harold Matt's SG ball. So it all really kicks off, um, you know, November, December again, which is really exciting. Cannot wait for that. It's going to be unreal. So the off-season, uh, you know, it is an off-season, but there is still plenty going on. The content doesn't really change all that much. Uh, there will still be two to three podcasts every single day for you guys to get stuck into. Uh, something for the true rugby league nerd uh, like me out there. So don't fret. There'll be plenty of content. And hope. Hopefully, and I've got my fingers crossed, toes crossed, everything crossed, fingers crossed uh, during that off-season, we will be able to potentially make our way over to Vegas for a little trip. So stay tuned uh, on that front. Hopefully, some more details to come there. But uh, yeah, that would be pretty exciting for Guru and for me myself, just personally, obviously from a brand thing, it would be fantastic to be over there in Vegas when the NRL's there. Uh, but I'm hoping at least that uh, I can get over there and enjoy myself as well. So plenty, to con- plenty of content coming in the off-season, mate. We'll 
also have the episodes with myself and Maddie the Waterboy. We'll do them on YouTube and whatnot. And uh, I've already got commitments from Jacko Hastings. He's going to come down for a couple of episodes. Jamie Soward's keen to jump on once again. Uh, we'll see who else we can get that uh, is a bit like us, just rugby league nerds that might be keen to come on and have a yarn and talk about something something specific like we always do. We might try and do a few drafts and whatnot. Uh, so, yeah, very, very exciting. Plenty to come in the offseason, though, guys. Do not fret. There will be so much content. You'll be sick of me. Trust me. Um, okay, let's have a look. Next question comes from Herbie. If the NRL had a draft at the start of next season, like the NBA, NFL, who would be your number one pick? Uh, very interesting. I assume you mean a draft as in like if everyone went back into the pool, then we got to pick. I still think Nath Cleary would probably be the guy that I would choose to build a team around. Uh, but there are, you know, so many good options around nowadays. So oh, I think Nath Cleary, mate, would probably be my pick. Uh, as far as like young guys uh, coming through, I'm not too sure, to be honest with you, that obviously, you know, there was, a, there was a couple of guys in the New South Wales and Queensland under-19s a few weeks ago that really impressed me, but I'll be honest with you, right now where I'm sitting, I'm not seeing any guys from those games that I think, fuck, they could be like a franchise changer. I'm not really seeing anyone that, you know, I, I had that feeling about Harry Grant when I first saw him. Obviously, guys like Nate Cleary when they're younger and everything, there's very good players in there. There is no doubt about that, but I'm just not sure if there's anyone that is absolutely jumping out of the earth that says to me, build a fucking franchise around me, you know? So I'm um, not too sure, but quite often when you have these classes where there isn't one that absolutely stands out, makes those guys super competitive. And sometimes that's where you can find uh, the diamond in the rough. So obviously the Canberra Raiders have signed a lot of these guys to head down there. Obviously Ethan Strange made his debut the other day and whatnot. Um, so there's a few guys down at the nation's capital that I would seriously consider. Uh, Latu Fine is obviously one that I absolutely love, but you know, Latu obviously was on a long-term deal, was released. I do wonder why that was. Um, you know, <laughs> obviously uh, the Finos come with um, history and whatnot that you need to consider when you're building a franchise as well. So yeah, I'm not too sure which direction I would go in right now if it was just out of the young guys. Uh, but I think over the next year or two, though, I mean, like. Like, Buller would have been a fantastic pick. I actually hadn't seen too much of Buller when he made his debut, though. I'd only seen him play once or twice. And the games I saw him play, he was good. Uh, he didn't absolutely blow me away, though. There's a kid at South Sydney I really like, Jai Gray, who I think looks very, very talented. Uh, I'm not sure if he's a little bit too small, though. We'll see. Uh, and, I, and I know when you say that, people say, what about Thurston and these guys? And, yeah, the, there are guys that manage to overcome that and have unbelievable careers. Uh, but for every one of those guys, there's another 100 that wasn't able to overcome size and whatnot. So it is a factor. Um, but yeah, I think he's a kid that's got a lot of ability from what I've seen of him over the last couple of over the last two years that I've been keeping an eye on him. Uh, let's have a look at CMAC2302. Did you play much footy as a junior? Any man children who scared the hell out of you? Mate, you didn't have to be a man child to scare the shit out of me when I was younger. Fuck me, I'll tell you that much. Uh, I remember though, growing up in the South Sydney comp, there was one guy who was, um, you know, bigger than all of us. He was he was a man size uh, when we were about eight or nine. I remember just thinking, God, this guy's an asshole, absolute prick. I uh, used to just dominate everyone. And then when I was 16, I actually ended up on the same team of him as him and uh, real legend of a bloke, gentle giant. And, and it's, it's funny how that sort of plays out uh, sometimes. But yeah, played footy as a junior in the South Sydney sort of district. I uh, was never too much chopped though, to be honest with you. I always understood the game really well. And there was times where, you know, coaches would, you know, lay down plans and would have sets they want us to, to aim to complete and whatnot. And I think I would always have a better understanding of those than 
other than most of the players in the team. Uh, but I just never really had the ability to execute it, to be honest with you. Um, so, yeah, played a lot of footy growing up. Wasn't good enough to play uh, anything professional or not, which was really frustrating because I felt like I had the knowledge. Uh, just didn't have the ability uh, to back it up realistically. So, yeah, a, a bit frustrating that, but I think it's led me to where I am and I would much rather be uh, where I am, I think, then playing. Obviously, money and everything uh, would be fantastic, but I, I think we I think we underestimate just how much pressure these guys are under 24-7 and whatnot, and I obviously talk to them a little bit and see a, a little bit more behind the scenes and hear a little bit more about what's going on. And, um, yeah, it sounds like an easy, easy lifestyle when you throw in, you know, $100,000 and everything, but... Uh, the, the pressure and everything that comes with it and what they put their bodies through and just living with pain constantly and everything. I don't know. It, it is a huge, huge sacrifice. And that's on top of, you know, all the sacrifices you make, uh, whether it be being a teenager in your early 20s, you know, th- there's just a lot that goes into it. A- even the guys that are parents, uh, how much time they miss out on, how much time they spend traveling and whatnot. Um, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't think I would have really enjoyed it anyway, to be completely honest with you. Can't stress enough, though, that I didn't have the choice regardless. Didn't have the ability. Um, Let's have a look at this one. Rowan Leonard. Who would win out of a team of Kurt Gidley's versus a team of Tyrone Peaches? Uh, Kurt Gidley, one of the toughest hombres to ever play our game. Uh, The old saying, pound for pound toughest. Kurt Gidley has to be right up there. Uh, I think Kurt Gidley was very unlucky throughout his career that he was was very good at a number of things, but he wasn't, like, number one fantastic at anything. And I say that with the greatest respect to Kurt. He could play centers, wing, halfback, 5'8", hooker. I think he would have made a really good 13 as well, uh, but Kurt Gidley just always sort of struggled to narrow, to, to just nail down a position. I, I think fullback and 5'8", probably where he played most of his footy in first grade. I'm, I'm, I'm actually just going to grab it up to make sure. Uh, but Kurt Gidley, obviously he you know was the New South Wales Blues fullback for a long time. I, as a fullback, I never really personally thought Kurt, Good, Kurt Gidley was good enough at a, as a fullback to be in rep sides, but I always thought that he was good enough to be in rep sides somewhere. So throughout his career, he played fullback 113 games. He had five, he played 5'8", 97 times, halfback 65 times, hooker 22. He came off the bench on 31 occasions, played wing once and centre on six occasions. So most of his footy at fullback, which... Yeah, you know, he, he was a good fullback. There is no doubt about that whatsoever. I think at Clubland, very good fullback. I never really thought he should have been a representative level fullback, though, if I'm honest. I thought I always thought at rep level, he was just a perfect 14, uh, which is where I think when you have a look at his, you know, when, when, when he played uh, for Australia, he played one game at fullback. He played 11 coming off the bench. When you have a look at his New South Wales career, where's that? Yeah, so actually, if you have a look at his... Why the hell is that happening? That's bizarre. Yeah, so the vast majority of his games for uh, the the New South Wales Blues also off the bench. Why can't I find those stats? There we go. 12 games for New South Wales, and yeah, I think six or seven of them coming off the bench, uh, five of them at fullback or whatever. So I always thought that, that that he was a very, very good 14, just about the perfect 14. I think you also just need to consider that he was probably the fittest guy in rugby league uh, for a couple of years there. He was incredible. And a good leader, there's no doubt about that. I, I was just never convinced on him as a starting fullback in a representative side. Going up against Tyrone P. 
Peachy, uh, one of the most naturally gifted guys I've ever seen. It's funny how many guys you talk to in rugby league who have just crossed paths with Tyrone Peachy and just say, mate, he's, he's unbelievable. He is just like no one we've seen before. I know Jamie Soward, who's, a, who's very honest uh, with his reviews. If he doesn't rate someone, he'll say it to me. Tyrone Peachy said, mate, he's the most gifted kid I've ever played with the shit that he's capable of doing. Um, for me... I think Kirk Gidley v. Tyrone Peachy. 13 Kirk Gidleys v. 13 Tyrone Peaches. I think on their day, Tyrone Peachy could win every single time. But I think it's sort of... Tyrone's obviously got that inconsistency in his game. Whereas Gidley's like one of the more consistent players. Yeah, he will give you a 7 out of 10 just about every single week. Peachy, he can give you a 9 or he can give you a 3, depending on what day of the week it is. Uh, if you're giving me Tyrone Peachy at the Penrith Panthers, I'm probably taking Peach. Uh, but if you give me Peach at the West Tigers, the Gold Coast Titans, etc., etc., uh, I am without a doubt taking Kirk Gidley. So I hope that helps. Gun to head, I would take the gamble and I would back Tyrone, 13 Tyrone Peaches to get the better of Kurt Gidley there. Love to know your thoughts on that one, though. That's a great hypothetical. Uh, this one comes from Steve Campbell. Thoughts on the Titans heading into next year. A bit happening uh, and keen on your opinion. Yeah, I'm excited for the Titans. I think that they are heading in the right direction. I've said that all year despite results and, you know, certain things that have happened and whatnot. You've obviously got Desi Hasler arriving next year, which is super exciting. Kieran Foran there for another season. Sam Verrills with another year under his belt. AJ Brimson, Jaden Campbell. And then you've got those three big representative forwards that you can build around. Obviously, Tino, Fafita, and Mofot Awaker. So, there is absolutely no reason why the Titans shouldn't be super successful next year and why they shouldn't be seriously competing for a top eight spot. Uh, they've got all the ability. They've got the fantastic stadium. I just there, there really is no excuse next year for the Gold Coast Titans. I feel like this year was great. It was still a building year. But Desi Hasler just needs to sort out, I don't know if it's attitude, I don't know what it is, but how they just fade in and out of games. And in past this year, you sit there and go, okay, the Titans are past this. And then it just feels like every week after you think, that the Titans shit the bed or something happens. I think that this year they have been very unlucky with injuries and a couple of referee calls that I think have been costly for them. But the reality is that's the NRL. When you're on the bottom, you've got to fight your way out of that. I think the Titans are heading in a good direction. I think that's why all these superstars have re-signed there. They've got the coach now. Uh, there really is no excuse. So I'm hoping the Titans can play finals footy next year. Uh, they should realistically, whenever they play a home game, they play in just about the perfect conditions for rugby league. So does the other team, 100%. But the Titans need to build a brand of footy around uh, their home ground, in my opinion, which is an exciting, upbeat game of footy, which is fine, and it's great to watch and all that, but you have to back it up with defense, which I think it has improved this year, uh, but I still think there's a long way to go for the Titans. So, yeah, it'd be great if they could snag like a Ben Hunt for next season. All of a sudden, I'm looking at the Titans going, fuck, with that forward pack, with Foz, with Ben Hunt, with the two electrifying fullbacks and handy outside backs, we could be looking at a top four side here, potentially. But they need to sort out a lot of things. I, I think if you add Ben Hunter to that side, it's arguably, uh, maybe not top four, but maybe a top five, six sort of roster on their day. But, I mean, on paper and on their day, it doesn't really mean too much in the NRL, realistically. So the Titans, they have still got things to sort out. 
But I think there is a lot of promise there, and there's a lot of young guys who I think are going to be coming into their prime over the next couple of years and would have played together and been experienced together. Uh, so, yeah, exciting times for the Tollins. They get Bo Furmore back as well next year, which will be a really good addition to them. Uh, and Fafita's obviously found his feet now. So Tanner Boyd's got another season under his belt. Uh, just there, There's so many positives there for the Titans. It's not even funny. Uh, this one comes from Ados the Great. Who will you be supporting come final? Surely you jump on a team you'd like to see win. Um, to be honest with you, and this is probably un- an unpopular opinion, but I love the idea of being able to sit back and watch a dynasty. And I love the idea of watching the Penrith Panthers win a third premiership in a row. And I know that'll be uh, the unpopular take, and I get that 100%. But I all, like, I, I've never been a lot. Like, I've only seen a team win back-to-back premierships twice. I would love to see three. I think there's such special things to be around for. And for me, from like a content point of view... Fuck, being able to like compare this Panther side as one of the greatest sides ever to sides previously. We're hearing that Jerome Luai could potentially be out for the season. You guys will probably have a better update of that uh, when it comes. But for me, I straight up, like it sucks for Jerome. It's awful for Penrith. But I straight away look around the room and go, you know what? This is an opportunity for Nate Cleary to grab this premiership by the collar and go, this is my team. I can take us to three in a row here. And this is where Nate could really elevate himself to another level. If he manages to do it without Jerome, that would be an unbelievable effort. So I probably am cheering on the Panthers. I would love to see that. But this Broncos story of going wooden spoons to premiers within two or three years, wow. Just unbelievable. It would be crazy, especially being the Brisbane Broncos and being the brand they are in our country. That would be an unbelievable story. But outside of those two teams... I'm not overly convinced on any of the others being able to win this premiership. Uh, as far as like Munster, Grant, Husey, I would love to see them win. I think that'd be a great story. But if I had to pick one team that I probably have got a soft spot for, I don't think they'll win the comp. But geez, Newcastle. If if, if Jacko Hastings is available come finals time, uh, very, very exciting to watch them go around. I love the brand of footy they play. I love that they're not... They've obviously got KP, who's a superstar. But outside of that... It's just a heap of guys that just do their job. And I love the way that Jackson has built this team throughout the year and how they've progressed. Obviously, we were with Jackson the moment he signed with the Newcastle Knights. He was sitting at the bar with us in Bloke in the Bar Studios. We hear him have the conversation and everything. So very, very exciting. They're probably the team I am going for in Newcastle, but I don't think they're able to win a competition this year. So if I had to pick one gun to head, I would probably like to see the dynasty of the Penrith Panthers get it done. I think that would be the most entertaining from a content point of view. And from like a history of rugby league point of view, and I would love to see Nath uh, win a third premiership in a row. And if he did it without Jerome Luai, geez, it'd silence a lot of people. So it'd be very, very interesting. Um, what have we got here? Uh, how are you mentally? Great question from Corndog. Yeah, got a bit going on at the moment. Very, very busy. I uh, got a bit going on in life as well, uh, but yeah, no, all doing well, mate. All uh, we, we've actually got a campaign coming up over the next few weeks on the podcast to do with a bit of mental health stuff, uh, which I really enjoyed. I think it's really important just to make sure that as blokes and you know, obviously females listen to this podcast. I think it's about eight percent of females listen to this podcast. Well, just as people, uh, we need to be talking, communicating, and checking in with each other because you never know uh, what's going on in someone else's life behind closed doors. I think most of us. Uh, just put on a straight face all day and everything and and let everyone believe that everything's all good. But quite often there is more going on that we need to be aware of. So great question there. Last question from Carlo Scott. Top three favorite Simpson episodes. 
Ah, uh, I would probably say Monorail would be up there with me. I think if you're a Simpsons fan, you'll know 22 short stories. That's not a bad episode too. I don't mind that. I think Frank Grimes, he has to be number one though. So Frank Grimes, Monorail, and then there's a couple that I could throw in over that. The one where they're on the boat with Sideshow Bob's an absolute cracker as well. Uh, but yeah, I think Frankie Grimes, he would definitely be my number one favorite episode. One of the great characters uh, of all time, Frank Grimes. Unreal stuff. All right, guys, thanks for joining us once again on the Rugby League Guru Podcast. We'll try and answer some more of these questions over the next couple of days. <laughs>